Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. Sander Waldus-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley, who is out sick once again. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com and... Brought to you by Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, we're going to talk to a journalist about how he feels journalism is progressing in the day and age of social media. We're also going to feature the latest update from the Sask Development Commission's weekly market update. Plus much more, including the farm weather market update and resource report and all of their usual starts. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain. Your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection and by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your water well... You make... Your well water, wonderful, pardon me there, and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The role of agricultural journalists in today's social media world was discussed during a recent online workshop sponsored by the Canadian Farm Writers Federation. One of the speakers was Ed White, a Western producer, reporter, and columnist based in Winnipeg. White is very active on social media and has several views on how the various mediums, like Twitter and Facebook, have evolved over the past decade or so. Initially, White found he was able to have online discussions with readers in a constructive way. Probably five years, you know, the early 2010s, you could discuss and debate on things like Twitter and Facebook. And people wouldn't take it personally if you had a different view and you, you know, just discuss things. But now it doesn't seem like that is as easy at all. If, if someone posts something, you are really taking a risk, it seems, if you have a differing view. And it just seems much less relaxed in a way. And I think for journalists who are putting themselves out there every day with just even the subject matter we're covering, if we're covering it as reporters, we're trying to be fair and balanced as, as we can be. But we can be perceived as somehow having skewed something some way and we'll get screamed at. And that just seems to be the way things are. And I, I just think in a way you just can't engage as much as you you used to. 
Newspapers such as the Western Producer provide a variety of content. Some are news stories that provide information, others are longer feature stories on specific topics or issues, and there are also profiles of people and businesses connected to agriculture and food production. Then there is the editorial page. Some are weekly columns from staff writers, others are opinion pieces from industry representatives or readers, and then there is the weekly editorial composed of a team of journalists. But people now, if they're, say, looking at the opinion pages, seem sometimes, and you don't know how many people this re represents, right, because we only hear from the squeaky wheels and the ragers and the flamers, but there seems to be much less of a, an understanding that editorial pages, say, can have seven different opinions, one of which you might not like. It doesn't really seem to be as well understood what the role of columns and editorials are, that they are meant to represent a diversity of viewpoints, not the viewpoints of the publisher. And uh, I feel like that has really slipped in recent years. The echo chamber effect is still very prevalent, according to White. I think social media has just created those echo chambers that I thought people would get tired of and sick of and wise to, but it seems to be, for the last few years, a, a lack of humor as well in people. Like, a People don't seem to be able to accept differences of opinion or to, you know, enjoy a bit of a back and forth about things. People can have a disagreement or a difference of opinion now without getting horribly offended and raging and denouncing back at people uh, for differences of opinion. So I'd been hoping after a few years of the late 2010s, where it seemed to get pretty nasty, that things would mellow out perhaps through the pandemic and afterwards but really if anything it kind of seems like people are more touchy and more angry white was asked how he avoids getting into so-called shouting matches on twitter have a thick skin and just don't get engaged with someone who's taking shots at you i mean you need to realize i'm the journalist i'm the one who's saying stuff and people have a right to say that they think I'm an idiot. I get that quite often, and I don't really mind it. I don't need to engage with them. I don't need to get into arguments or shouting matches. I might try to clarify things if they seem to have misunderstood something or actually want to know something. If they've misunderstood or are confused by something, okay, I might try to clarify, but if I get that it's just become a flaming kind of situation. I just step back and you don't certainly do not need to have the last word. You don't need to argue with people. People don't have the right to expect you to respond to what they flame at you. So just okay, they want to say you're an idiot. Okay, so what? It's been said before. Okay, fine. As for his concluding thoughts. Yeah, I'm just very worried that people don't seem to accept that reporting can be done fairly and that there can be a commitment to getting uh, the reader, the listener, the viewer, the information that they need to make up their own minds. And I actually do worry a lot about journalism itself, that a lot of the mainstream media seems to have abandoned that balanced attempt to cater to their sort of slice of the public. And there seems to be a lot less of that willingness to just lay out an issue and back off. In maybe a more dull way, maybe it's not as exciting, but I sort of feel like it's hard to find many media that now you feel like you you got a, just a really balanced take on an issue. 
That was Ed White, who was a reporter and columnist with the Western Producer in Winnipeg. He was one of the speakers in a recent online workshop sponsored by the Canadian Farm Writers Federation. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Tanner Waldo-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley with this portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Day, which is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch eaves troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesTroughs.ca and Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms and feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. The Canadian Grain Commission has made some changes to the grain grading dispute process, and that was effective on October 1st. The Grain Commission's Chief Grain Inspector, Derek Bunkowski, explains what these changes are. Uh, sure. So uh, the key change that was made to this service is that the regulation now states that producers have seven days from the time they deliver their grain uh, to request uh a dispute resolution through the Canadian Grain Commission. Uh, previously, the, the regulation stated that the producer needed to be present at time of delivery, and that created quite a few challenges in today's environment because, as we know, a lot of producers today are not delivering their grain themselves. Either they have a custom trucker hauling it for them, or perhaps they have uh, hired staff hauling their grain on their behalf. But it was uh, a key piece of feedback that we received through the Canada Grain Act review consultation uh, that producers wanted to see a, a change made to give them more flexibility and time to request that service. One other thing I would like to stress is that uh, we've also taken the opportunity to rebrand that service it was previously known as subject to inspectors grain and dockage. Uh, some people in the industry didn't understand exactly what that meant. So we've taken the opportunity to change the name. Moving forward, it's now going to be known as final quality determination. And for producers looking to make a dispute or, or interested in the process itself, what is the process and did these changes affect uh, that process? So what, uh, what has to happen is if a producer decides within the seven days that they want to have that sample sent in to the Canadian Grain Commission for dispute resolution, uh, they need to advise the elevator of that. The elevator needs to keep a one kilogram sample of all producer deliveries. That sample is to be kept in case this service is requested. If the producer requests that service, uh, it's the elevator's responsibility to submit the sample to the Grain Commission. One other change that was made to the regulation is it does now allow the flexibility that if the elevator and the producer agree, uh, the sample can be stored uh, somewhere other than the elevator. However, even if that is agreed to, it is the elevator that needs methamp to the Canadian Grain Commission. You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but what was the drive behind these changes? Well, the drive was that we want to keep pace with the current op operational realities of grain handling and delivery. So uh, those, those regulations were written a long time ago. And as I touched on earlier, uh, things have really changed. Uh, when those regulations were written, 
uh, way back when. Producers, in most cases, would have been delivering their grain themselves. But we know in today's environment, that's not always the case. And the regulations needed to be revised to reflect that and allow producers to have the opportunity to request that service, even when they're not present and delivering the grain themselves. That was the Chief Grain Expector. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. We're now going to talk about a really cool new initiative here at Real Agriculture in partnership with Justin Funk of AgriStudies. It is called the Real AgriStudies Canadian Farmer Sentiment Index. This is a long name, very, very cool information. Joining me to discuss it is Justin Funk of AgriStudies. Hey, Justin, how are you? I'm well, Sean. Okay. So we've come up with our, our September results of the Canadian Farmer Sentiment Index. Before we get into some of the specific data to September and how farmers are feeling towards a number of different topics, why is this data set, this information important in your mind? Well, for, for years we've been anecdotally uh, talking about how farmers feel about a number of issues, and now we're able to put some data to it and uh, not only take a look at a snapshot at a moment in time on these issues, but because of the way that we're structuring this, be able to track those results over time to see how farmer sentiments, you know, attitudes, feelings towards things like uh, financial performance of their farm, willingness to make investments, confidence in the ag economy, confidence in the government, things like that, um, to see how those attitudes might change uh and, and compare them to things that are going on out there in the industry. So, for example, if uh, there's a interest rate hike or if there is a change in the Canadian dollar, you know, to look at when we measured the results and compare them to those industry events to start tracking how, how do the uh, ebbs and flows match up with the things that are going on in the marketplace. So we're really excited to do this. Uh, Purdue University has done the Ag Economy Barometer for a number of years. Uh, we are building this to uh, complement that and to look at it from a Canadian perspective and, and, and really uh, add some questions to it as well, uh, like confidence in grain markets and, and also the state of the farmer's mental health, which is another issue that is, of course, very important uh, for us to talk about. And, and now we can also start tracking to a degree how, how that might be changing with respect to other changes in the market. Yeah, we sent the results to all of our respondents. We appreciate all of you that participated in September's survey. We sent the results in a in a, in a long 30-minute video breaking down what the numbers all look like to us. So uh, if you are on our Real Agri Studies Insights panel, you would have got that email. If uh, you can't find it, go to realagristudies.com. 
But Justin, let, let's hit on some of the high points here. It, it, I, I guess right off the top, it, it, it really seems that when it comes to current farm financial performance, there is some optimism out there right now in the fall of 22. It's the future that has farmers across Canada very, I guess, timid about. There, there's, there's some negative sentiment out there. Yeah, there's quite a bit of negative sentiment. You know, when we look at how a farmer rates their current financial performance, we, we, we see a positive result from the sentiment index. But when we ask about future financial performance, it drops off by, by quite a bit. And, you know, I think looking at some of the other questions that we ask, it, it's understandable why that might be the case. There, there's a lot of concern and, and pessimism towards the uh, current and future state of the ag economy, which of course the farmer has very little control over. So I'm not surprised to see that result towards the future. Um, hopefully things can change to reverse that direction, but right now uh, it is it, definitely some cause for concern. Yeah. And one of the ones that stuck out to me was, cause I think this kind of shows how people feel about the future is, you know, Am I willing to invest capital and willingness to make farm investments? It, it, it was a 59 on the 200 scale, a hundred being neutral. So th- there's an indication how strongly farmers feel. I think about some of the, or I guess, you know, the caution towards the future. Absolutely. You know, on, on the flip side though, we look at the outlook on selling crops. Uh, you know, should I be holding my crop now? because prices are going higher, there seems to be a rather strong feeling that, that that's the case. And, uh, and we see a positive sentiment on that particular question. So, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of elements here that are, are trying to tell us a story. You know, one of our goals is to try to glean that information and figure out what the story is. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather forecast is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866 and Moose Jog Truck Shop. The number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejogtruckshop.com. Today it's mainly sunny with the wind gusting to 80 with a high of 12 tonight clear. The wind's going to drop down to 60 with a low of minus 2. Wind chill of minus 9 overnight. Tomorrow it's sunny with the wind at northeast 30, gusting to 60, increasing to 50, and then gusting to 70 in the afternoon with a high of 12. Tomorrow night increasing cloudiness with a low of plus 2. On Friday there's a high of 9 and a low of minus 2. And on Saturday we see a high of 11 and a low of minus 4. The normal high for today is 12 degrees and the normal low for today is minus 2. Sunrise was at 7.16 this morning and sunset is scheduled for 6.14 tonight. Around the province at this hour in Estevan and Swift Current, it's 8 degrees. Yorkton, 2 degrees. Swift Current, 8 degrees. Already said that. Moose Jaw, 9 degrees. Weyburn, 8 degrees. And in Regina at this moment, it's 9 degrees. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. 
Tanner Wallace Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley today. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougalAuctions.com, and by Pattison Liquid Systems. Experts in liquid fertilizer distribution, fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Wheat deliveries continue to be strong on the prairies following harvest, but the weekly numbers show they are outpacing exports. Michael Wilton is an analyst with Mercantile Consulting Venture and made those comments on the weekly Sask Wheat Market Report released yesterday afternoon. Wheat markets were lower last week, but shot higher on Thanksgiving Monday as the market reacted to Russia's shelling of Ukrainian cities over the weekend. Chicago soft red winter wheat futures were down 41 cents to close at $8.80 a bushel. Kansas hard red winter wheat futures were down 23 cents from last week at $9.68 a bushel. Minneapolis hard red spring wheat futures were down 14 cents to close at $9.68 a bushel. All wheat futures rose sharply on Monday in reaction to escalations in Ukraine, but profit-taking is pushing the market 19 to 29 cents lower this Tuesday morning. In the significant purchases and trades, Korea bought 65,000 tons of wheat from Australia. Jordan has cancelled their tender for 120,000 tons of wheat twice in a row now. They were supposed to tender again today, but have rescheduled for Tuesday next week. Iraq bought 50,000 tons of wheat. This was believed to be from Ukraine. Algeria tendered for 50,000 tons of durum wheat. We did not hear of any results. They are back again today for 50,000 tons of milling wheat. Tunisia bought 150,000 tons of soft wheat and 100,000 tons of durum. The price of the Durham cell backs off to about $14 to $15 a bushel at the elevator in Saskatchewan. This makes us think that Durham buyers can likely do a little better than the $12.50 to $13 that they are currently bidding. There were stories last week of private Egyptian importers struggling to pay for 700,000 tons of wheat that is being held in port. This has reportedly caused 80% of the mills producing commercially sold bread and flour in the country to shut down. And now we'll move on to the most important news that happened in the wheat markets last week. Starting in Canada, spring wheat harvest in Saskatchewan is 93% complete, up 10% from last week. In Manitoba, spring wheat harvest is 85% complete, while Alberta is essentially done at 99% harvested. Saskatchewan Ag is still predicting a 43 bushel per acre yield. Alberta Agriculture decreased their yield estimate by one bushel to 53 bushels per acre. On paper, the decrease in yield would take Alberta's production down by 189,000 tonnes to 9.1 million tonnes. The decrease in production further widens the spread between what Stats Canada is expecting for national production and what provincial crop estimates indicate production will be. Stats Canada is predicting a 26.1 million tonne crop, while provincial estimates add up to around 23.9 million tonnes. Canadian wheat deliveries continue to be strong, but slow exports are resulting in a buildup of stocks. Farmers delivered 460,000 tonnes of wheat, while just 380,000 tonnes was exported. 
stocks grew to a large 3.3 million tons. 1.8 million of this is sitting in elevators, while 307 is in Vancouver and Prince Rupert, and 1.1 million tons is in the Great Lakes. The performance of the Canadian rail lines has gotten dramatically worse. In week 8, CP only supplied 61% of the cars ordered, and CN provided 83% of the cars ordered. The railroads are moving other materials, like coal, that are more convenient and profitable for its shareholders than grain. That was Michael Wilton, an analyst with Mercantile Consulting Venture. For more of his comments, you can check it out at the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission's You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market and Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. CN and CP Rail gave it week 9 update. In week 9, they supplied a combined 78% of hopper cars ordered in grain week 9, an improvement from last week's 71%, reflecting on improved performance for both rail companies. In supplying 88% of hopper cars ordered on time in week 9, CN's order fulfillment performance remained below the 90% threshold for the third consecutive week. CP, on the other hand, their order Fulfillment performance improved week over week with the railway supplying at 69% of cars ordered as compared to 61% in the prior week. This marks the fourth consecutive week that CP has fallen short of the 90% performance. In week 9, CN corridor performance improved or remained the same in four out of the six corridors and CP saw their performance improve or remain the same in two out of the four corridors this week. CP and CN rail combined will enter week 10 with 1,612 outstanding cars, all to the account of CP, representing a net of 33% improvement from the end of last week. For more on the Egg Coalition's weekly update, you can visit their website. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Tanner Wallace-Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley with the market update, which is brought to you by Freeze Talman. Get everything you need to finish your projects before fall from Freeze Talman and Regina in Fort Capel. Looking at the latest Viterra price quotes, Durham up $17 to $457.71. Feed Barley 3 52.87 canola, 8.42.32. That is down 4.3 dollars. Chickpeas, 9.25.95. Flax, 7.52.98. Lentils, 7.34.50. Oats, 2.55.32. Yellow peas, 4.55.44. Feed wheat, 2.89.56. And one red spring wheat at 4.31.31. That is down 4.2 dollars. The grain prices can be found online at 620CKRM.com. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source 620CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. Now, here are the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of October 11th. Our last regular sale was on September 28th. 
cows were up a little bit at this sale. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.05 to $1.20. D3 cows sold from $0.95 cents to $1.05. Counter cows sold from $0.50 cents to $0.70. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.30 to $1.45. We had our first pre-sorted calf sale here on October 3rd. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $2.96 and sold up to $3.10. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $2.90. And sold at the three dollars and three cents. Four fifty to five hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and seventy cents. And sold at the three dollars and three cents. Five hundred to five fifty pound steers averaged two dollars and sixty eight cents. And sold at the two dollars and eighty one cents. Five fifty to six hundred pound steers averaged two dollars and fifty nine cents. And sold at the two dollars and seventy cents. Six hundred to six fifty pound steers averaged two dollars and fifty three cents. And sold at the two dollars and sixty eight cents. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged two dollars and 46 cents and sold it to two dollars and 58 cents and 700 to 800 pound steers averaged two dollars and 37 cents and sold it to two dollars and 50 cents heifers were about 40 cents back from the sears this has been stephanie digg reporting from the weyburn livestock exchange the market that gets cattle and the prices too Coming up next, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Tanner Waldo Scribner filling in for Jim Smalley with the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit secondlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid and by Western Egg Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. And most of us know Westington Health from its appliances, but it's a company that has caught the eye of Cameco because of its ties to nuclear energy. Cameco purchased 49% of the company with Brookfield Renewable purchasing the other 51%. President and CEO of Chemical Tim Gitzel described Westlinking House Electrical Company as one of the world's largest nuclear services. In total, both companies purchased Westlinken House for just over $7.87 billion. On the markets, the TSX is up 47 points. The Dow Jones is up 136. Oil is down $1.93 to be trading at $87.38 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is down nine one hundredths of a cent to be trading at $72.79 U.S. That's the resource report. And before we sign off, Today, there is one more piece of important information we have to share with you. Harvard Media, the parent company of this radio station, 620 CKRM, are officially announcing the retirement of Jim Smalley. That's right, Jim Smalley is finally retiring. Uh, Smalley's been an agriculture news director here at 620 CKRM for 40 years and in broadcasting for 50 years. Jim felt that the time was right to step away from the agricultural scene, and we couldn't be happier here for him. Jim's last day on air will be on Friday, October 28th, when he'll deliver his last edition of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. We will also have a two-hour special salute to Jim between 2 and 4 that same day. It'll be the end of an era here at 620 CKRM. If you missed any segment of the show, tune into the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. I've been Tanner Wilde, the Scribner, filling in for Jim Smalley. 
You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.